0: Yeah, I do feel it's very important to be able to say what kind of partner you want for the qualities you're looking for. Because I feel like people kind of approach dating as like, oh, let me just see what's out there and like, right. sam- see
1: what I can get.
0: Yeah, it's like they're treating it like it's... fucking samples or something when it's like, Costco samples. Like they haven't made a fucking grocery list.
2: <laughs> what's it gonna
1: what's it gonna take what's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit thing way you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit ah. hello and welcome to the break up with your bullshit podcast my name is Michelle Aiken uh professional silly goose and master certified coach cuz those things go together uh i'm really excited today because my guest is uh, a type of person I've never had on the podcast because I think my declaration around what this podcast is, is that I'm going to bring on people who have achieved huge things and are, are super far along in whatever they're doing. And for a change, I wanted to bring on someone who's kind of at the start and just do it a little different. This will also be a good episode for any of you adults out there who have trouble making friends because we have a really good story of of uh, how we just very easily became friends. And um, my guest is also about to embark upon the journey of becoming a coach just like I did back in 2012. And uh, and we're going to do a recap episode once he's done with his year-long training to, you know, see what happened in that time. And I've never done that before. This is sort of like a documentary. So without further ado, I, I present to you Wes Yen there's applause yay hello Wes
0: hey really appreciate that warm intro and yeah confirming that I've barely done anything but excited to excited to to begin the journey and uh yeah see where it goes
1: fabulous um and and I will just say that you're a fantastic writer (laughs) and that's how I got uh, that's how I came to follow you and I read something you wrote the first thing I wrote or I read of your writing made me cry. So (laughs) clearly you've done something.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I think, I think it might've been my pinned thread uh, about my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was this thing.
1: Yeah. Talk about it.
0: Yeah. I guess um, it was. So I guess my, my family dynamic, I'm an only child, uh, Chinese tiger mom, um, super Zen laid back dad, Uh, And my experience growing up was kind of always defined by my mom in this like aggressive loving energy. Um, and I never really had to like worry about my dad. He didn't have like a really strong presence. Um, but, uh, I knew he was like always there and I didn't, yeah, I just didn't have to really worry about what he thought of me or if I had to win his approval. Um, and so I almost kind of like forgot about that and took that for granted Um, and I ended up doing this, uh, this like guided mushroom journey, um, where during that, um, it hit me like, oh shit, I've never had to worry about my dad, (laughs) uh, like about what he thinks of me and what, how much he loves me. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I can't believe I've never seen how beautiful that is that I've never had to be scared about that. Um, and yeah, I I realized he along those lines, he is a, like a very devout Buddhist. His favorite hobby is like literally just like studying Buddhist tomes and like on these seminars and stuff. Um and he never actually taught me, like actively taught me his religion. And one day I asked him, like, oh, how come you never, you're so into this, but like you never um actually like got me into it and he was just like well I just wanted you to decide for yourself and figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. um and I realized that was like the most Buddhist possible thing he could do was to oh, just right? like, yeah just kind of let it happen and let go and I imagine because he did that like I have a lot of I I feel like Buddhism naturally really resonates with me because I was kind of implicitly raised with those principles and I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like shoved down my throat with rituals or anything. Not that, not that I know many Buddhist people. Yeah. It's not
1: really a a shove down your throat uh, type of, I've done some classes. I did classes for a few years at a Buddhist center in New York. And yeah, that's funny. The idea of it being shoved down your throat is pretty funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of traumatized Catholic friends. Um Same, not here. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like just this recognition of like, oh man, like I've spent 26 years or so like not fully appreciating my dad. And now I have the opportunity to do that before he's gone. And yeah, very, very beautiful thing.
1: I think that's what made me cry. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I love when I go to someone's page and the pinned tweet is like just really potent, you know, and it's an instant follow and a duh. And I remember thinking, how come this guy only has a few hundred followers? What? Mm -hmm. Like everything you post in my opinion is fire. You know, like there's just a very clear channeling of whatever you're experiencing going out. And um, I'm excited to see even how that changes over the next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. And yeah, same to you. I feel like, and I remember telling you early on of like, yeah, I'm like, I don't get a ton of engagement normally, but I see you hyping me up and I'm like, at least at least Michelle is is here and I I love Michelle. And so if she likes it, then that is an amazing validation. Um,
1: I'm so glad to be that person, because I think we all need like a few of those people who, if they like it, then we're like, okay, I'm good. And we can stop checking the likes and thinking about the engagement. Uh, Yeah, I have I have a few avatars in mind when it, when they pop up, I'm like, Oh,
2: okay.
1: It's a good good one. It's a good one. It's being seen. I can not think about it, but will you talk about how we came to be friends?
0: Yeah, I don't even know like exactly what it was. I just remember like, um, like you followed me Um, And then I saw your profile and I was like, oh, she's like so cool and funny. Um, Ended up following you and just replying back and forth. Uh, And then I DM'd you something like, hey, I think you're like super cool and insightful and like want to meet you at some point uh, over like FaceTime. And um, you were like, yes, same. (laughs) Let's let's definitely do it. Uh, I remember actually, like, I had this, like, weird, <laughs> this weird insecurity in the back of my mind, like, knowing, like, that you were an executive coach or a leadership coach. I was like, hmm, I wonder if she's, like, this is a weird way of, like, <laughs> like trying to get me to become her client
2: <laughs> and,
0: like, <laughs> that into my mind. <laughs> Yeah. Clearly like not the case. Cause it was never like something you like pushed on me until I brought it up. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And the last five minutes of our 90 minute call. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, and the reason like, thanks for saying that. Cause, um, now I wonder how many times people avoid me because they think that might be the case, you know, uh, because in my experience being pursued about coaching doesn't work. Yeah, And I've grappled with that a lot over the years, especially because um, the way that I got into it was that a coach pursued me, but I happened to be already pursuing. Mm-hmm. And I find that I was literally Googling coach training programs when she reached out and she just happened to be a fan of my comedy and thought yeah. that I would make a good coach. And so reached out to ask me if I'd ever thought about it before. And I was like, Allie, I'm thinking about it right now. So <laughs> there's something there, Ben. Okay, Universe, I'm listening. Uh, but yeah, I don't um, I'm pretty shit at pursuing clients in general because I it I prefer for it to be organic and that's usually what's most fruitful. And occasionally I'll ask friends to think about, you know, clients for me, but uh, by and large, that's not how it works in my experience. And we, we certainly, I feel like it used to, or, and it still can, it's not that it can't work like that, but I think everyone needs to figure out their own, what feels most in integrity for you as a way of building relationship. Cause my one word answer, when someone says, how do you get clients is relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a catch yeah. all.
0: I totally feel that. Like I, um, imagine yeah, I will be the same way. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Something about, and I I imagine like the way you reach out uh, would like define it a lot, but I feel like something about the idea of like, hey, stranger, (laughs) like uh, I can coach you on like your life and like everything you want, but like there's no like established relationship here. I feel like, yeah. The, the trust factor, I feel like takes some, some time and like a, yeah, I guess for lack of a better word, a vibe check to, uh,
1: I literally call it a vibe check Yeah, you know, on my website. If you go, it's like, well, then we'll have a vibe check call <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: because after so many years of calling it a discovery call or a possibility call, um, it's like, <laughs> Uh, Yeah. I, everyone's, everyone calls it that or whatever. And it's still, it's, you'll see it's on one of the accomplishment coaching tools. It's called a possibility, a conversation for possibility, um, which describes what happens in it very accurately. But what I'm actually doing on that first call is letting each other, letting us feel each other's energy and just see, does this even vibe? Do, Do we, can we get into flow together? Are we on the same page in a lot of ways that you can't determine until you're in a space with someone, even if it's not a physical, even better if you're in person, but like just being with each other over video or even on the phone for the first, I don't know how many years of my practice, I did everything over the phone and no video calls.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And mainly out of like, yeah, what was what was the the reason behind
1: that? Uh, well, the software wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I did I did become a Zoom customer in 2014, so I'll say that. Like um,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. and when COVID happened, I was like, "Welcome to my world, everyone! I've been here for a long time. I only pay ten dollars a month, you know, because uh, like I'm grandfathered in." Uh, but. Also, coaching began over the phone. Coaching was like something for busy executives who didn't want to meet in person and, and just wanted to do it as quick as they could, as easy as they could. And the phone is easy. And uh, and I think there's a lot of interesting what seem like drawbacks to the phone that actually end up being assets. So I talked to my coach on the phone and I have for 11 years. Oh, wow. Never do video calls with her. Huh. There's, it's really interesting because there'll be pauses in the conversation where I'm not sure what she's thinking. And I get to notice all of my discomfort with that.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting.
1: <laughs> so much discomfort. Do I fill the yeah. space? Do I? And you know what? Every once in a blue moon, she's on mute and she doesn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> So mm-hmm. I go you still just there
0: so hard
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> just
0: really doing on this <laughs>
1: but it's caused me it's caused a lot for me uh and I did it very intentionally because it I like to lean into what's uncomfortable for me and I just noticed how uncomfortable the phone was and that I wanted to explore that discomfort and get past it and uh not need the video and indeed I don't need the video and <sighs> um I've had to learn how to verbalize what I'm thinking and feeling. And I used to just go silent and then she'd go, do you want to put that on loudspeaker? <laughs> and it would be hard, Wes, like it would be really hard yeah. to just, I'm such an internal, I've gone from being a totally internal processor to being a very verbal processor through working with her.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Cause yeah, I feel like that's, the main thing when I'm on the phone versus on video. I'm like, it's exactly that. It's like, I don't know what they're thinking. I feel some discomfort with that. I would like more visual information to like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess on both ends to kind of be able to communicate. But that's that sounds very like you to put a constraint on yourself on purpose to mm-hmm. lean into the
1: discomfort. <laughs> it's I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah i'm curious are you uh are you into myers-briggs at all do you know um
1: no No. (laughs) just flat. like i i hear about it all the time but i don't think i've ever even put myself through the assessment
0: yeah i feel like we're either i'm an enfj uh which is extroverted intuitive feeling judging as in like you prefer like closed loops versus open loops um i imagine you're either the same or an enfp which is maybe more open loops more internal processing but Mm -hmm. maybe just like worked on the internal processing so much that it comes off as (laughs) being able to externally feel
1: it's definitely changed. I I'm, I kind of wish I did it back then and then do it again now just to see, because both of the the ones you just said are the ones I've heard. Like people have said them to me before. Yeah. So I imagine. Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just I'm having flashbacks of all the different conversations and one of them was very funny, but it's not a story worth telling yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah i think it has changed i think with practice any of these distinctions that you get from taking a quiz or an assessment uh can shift over time
0: yeah definitely and i feel like it's interesting the way everyone relates to it um because some people are like this is my whole model for like viewing the world um my ex and her best friend were like obsessed with it in a way that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like, I need to put this person in a bucket as quickly as I can. And that was like a very, it was, I don't know. It seemed like it was a very like functional purpose of like, I need to understand how to interact this with this person to like get what I want out of them. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I guess like I like when people can see these things as like just one model, one modality to explain what could possibly be going on versus, yeah, let me slap away from this person. Yeah.
1: And then you're a fixed object and that's just how you are. Like I'm just an Aquarius, okay?
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Like, look, this stuff is like I hold it lightly, I get excited about, uh, like I'll take astrology, for example, if my co-star, do you know the co-star app?
0: I think I've used it briefly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, a few of my friends are on it. So if I go on and my husband, I made him sign up at some point or one of my friends made him sign up. So it'll like say stuff about us together. And yeah. sometimes it's so deadly accurate. It's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> and so I will can send screenshots and be like, oh my God, look at this. And I also understand the concept of like negativity bias or just bias in general that you're, you know, you look, you find what you're looking for. And, um, and so I kind of hold them lightly. Like if it supports, then, okay. If it's supportive in some way, uh, yeah, maybe it supports the starting of a conversation or something like that, but I don't look at it and go, the the app hath spoken. And therefore, this is is truth (laughs) uh, it's not like that but yeah and, and i've i've written about and have had issue with just making either a an assessment result or a diagnosis your entire identity yeah because oh god i am not adhd it is not who i am i mean yeah I have cocktail, I have a cocktail of every quality of every type of diagnosis that you could have. Um, I feel like I just have, I have a little drop of everything. So not enough to be classified officially in most categories, but I got a little bit of salt and salt of everything. So, uh,
0: fucked up amorphous mess. Yes. Just
1: generally (laughs) fucked up hot mess in a skin suit. Yeah. (laughs) But also I've I feel like some of the stuff attributed to ADHD, for example, time blindness. Do you know mm-hmm. about that concept where you just like don't know how long things take and you don't have a feel of of like how long 5 minutes feels?
0: That's I've never heard of that, but that makes a ton of sense, yeah, as a concept. Do you
1: experience that?
0: <laughs> I used to and now I feel like I've gotten better at it. Um, and- but Yeah. My ex was like very ADHD. Uh, so interesting, like such a high functioning, like extremely capable person. Um, but like there were certain things that just made her brain completely break. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: and yeah, I think that was one of them was like, she just didn't really like, like time boxing just like, didn't make a ton of sense to her.
1: Yeah. I've, I still feel that way though. Uh, I think that through, I mean, I have over, I haven't counted them exactly. The last time I counted my coaching hours was in 2020 when I applied for my MCC and I had 2,877 paid hours of coaching.
2: Whoa.
1: So that's Hmm. just the paid hours. That's not all the pro bono sessions, all the, you know, lead ups, all the possibility calls, you know, vibe checks. Um, That was just like, these were contracted, you know, um, And I think that after doing that many of, here's an hour, here's an hour, here's an hour, it has conditioned my body to know what an hour feels like and to Mm -hmm. know what 20 minutes feels like and what 40 minutes feels like. And I make time my bitch all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And I have like triggers that will go off like, oh, if you don't, if you don't take the shower right now, you are going to be late. And certain days I'm really tired, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be late today, but I choose it.
2: I'm
1: like, it's okay if yeah. I'm a little late. Like, it's gonna yeah. be okay. I can't move any faster than this. Yeah, I or something that. like that. That's
0: interesting because I feel like the way, um, and I want to come back to this idea of like labels. I think, but. Um, it's interesting. I feel like you and my ex and other people I've seen have like very different brands of ADHD or yeah. maybe that it's, you've just like worked on certain things a lot. Um, cause I feel, and I guess just her personality too, she's just felt like, like fire and electricity. It was just jumping all over the place yeah. and you feel more like water where it's like, yeah, like it can be like very hyper um and high energy, but can also flow very slowly and, and naturally. And oh thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I do identify as a water vendor also, but
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you you can see we recognize our own. Although I will say uh before I did the coach training program, I I felt very scattered and very chaotic, like electric Mm. like that. And one of the first things that happens in the program or when you start working with an an accomplishment coaching coach is they do an exercise with you that distinguishes your essence or what we call your essence, which is like your fundamental nature. just who you are without doing anything or trying or anything. It's like babies have an essence. Yeah, you could right. You meet a baby, and some of them like, "Oh, this baby is like funny, quirky," (laughs) and they're not talking. Yeah, (laughs) it's just their state of being, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, one of my essence words that I was given by my coach was ease, Mm -hmm. and I laughed at her. (laughs) I said, "You got, lady, you got the wrong person." I don't know where you got that from. And truth be told, she got it from nine people that I asked questions to, and then I gave her <laughs> their answers. Yeah, and then she distilled it. Uh, yeah. So ease was the one on the list that I was like, "Nah, that's not who I am." And now it's the thing I'm most known for, and the first thing people usually say when they acknowledge me. Yeah. So wow. much ease, Michelle. I'm like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I feel like I've tweeted a good amount about that too like this like yeah just flowing with ease and like I've played so much of my life on hard mode where I'm now like I just let's just do the thing that feels easy let's just flow naturally I feel like I'm in a period of my life where I'm getting busier um by my own choice and like yeah I, I guess it's just I need to take more I need to be more intentional about how i flow into that ease um but yeah i i was clinging on to this this thought as we were talking about labels that um just making something your identity i feel like it's such an alluring thing to be able to find a religion or a personality type or an astrology birth chart and be like this is me. This is why everything is the way it is. This is why I am exactly the way I am. And yeah, I guess I wish more people would be more comfortable in that liminal space of like Mm -hmm. not reaching out and clutching to the first thing that feels like it could be their identity and kind of this backwards way of like explaining everything through that lens versus like, I don't maybe even entirely know who I am. Like I'm going to be. And hold
1: that loosely.
0: Yeah. Like I, these are like the values I currently have and the way I currently understand them. And five, 10 years from now, that might be completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's just more my personality, but I feel, I feel like vastly different uh, from year to year. And Mm -hmm. um yeah, I guess I've also spent a lot of time trying to cling to identities, and that shit just does not. Work. <laughs> yeah, no, it is not a scalable solution. It just breaks at some point. And agree. Yeah, gotta embrace the uh, the natural flow of things. I guess.
1: Well, my favorite artists out there are people who are willing to change their vibe. Yeah, and I'm just even just thinking like Ed Sheeran, he's changed things and i don't uh i haven't really given the recent music a chance i just know i heard a few things and was like "Ah, oh, this isn't really the vibe i'm in like he used to write about things that were angsty in a way that i could connect with and this is he's he had kids and got married and got happy and and now it doesn't uh, I never, <laughs> it's funny because like i'm a happy person but same thing with marina who used to go by Marina and the diamonds, but now she's Marina. She has undergone a personal transformation. It's really clear. And she even wrote about it and like all this stuff. And I think what I heard listening to her is she wants to coach. She wants to like, she does. I think she, and she even said like, I kind of just want to talk to young women and like, I don't know, but then realized I can talk to women through my music. And she went from doing, One of her albums is called um oh shit. Where's my brain with this? Well, Mm -hmm. is it called Electra Heart? I have to look it up now because she essentially creates a persona and then writes the album from the perspective of that persona.
2: I like that.
1: Right? Just just give you freedom to like, oh yeah, it is called Electra Heart. Her one of them is called the family jewels and the the next one after that was called electra heart and that's her like little alter ego character and there's a song on there called how to be a heartbreaker and there's another one uh i think it's on this album called home wrecker yeah home wrecker <laughs> and it's like i'm a home wrecker you would like <laughs> her shit actually um if you don't already know it but yeah i love that and the stuff she's doing now is wonderful it's just like it went from really delving into the shadow, which I like in music, to just being fucking happy, and, and oh, and a little political and a little like activisty and and stuff like that. Where I'm like, I'm just not as interested in this. That's all. I do mm-hmm. like happy music. I do, and I write it too. So that's the other thing. Oh, we should talk about music just in general. Yeah. <laughs> Could you help me with music?
0: Oh yeah yeah I, I yeah before we get there I had like I feel like this idea of like being able to evolve um is yeah like that's the the biggest thing of like I think Drake had this quote in an interview where he has people coming up to him being like, yo, like, I miss your old shit. Uh, like that was so much better than your new thing. And he was like, you don't want me to go back to the same exact sound you want is when you were driving around with your friends during your summer vacation, like during college and take care was playing or something like that. Um, you just want that feeling back and like, there's this idea of like we want people to stay in the boxes that we have in our mind the instant they step out of that it's like and yeah maybe it doesn't work out or you just don't like it and but like at least they had the balls to try to evolve and like change their sound and their identity and explore that um and I feel like that's not celebrated enough or we feel like somebody reaching the top of the charts like oh like they're a legend now and they're just gonna be there forever you hear people say like oh like what happened to that guy? Like, why, where is he? As if, like, that's, like, some kind of, like, crazy fall from grace that, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> fucking Bow Wow isn't on <laughs> isn't the charts anymore or something. What happened to him? Like, I don't know. He fucking achieved more success than, like, most people do in their entire lives. Like, let the yeah. man...
1: Live. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm um, so into this topic because I love the shit out of it when i find out that someone left hollywood i think rick yeah. moranis you can google yeah. why did rick moranis leave acting and it's not even that salacious it's like he wanted to spend time with his kids
2: yeah <laughs> you know?
1: it's like fucking relatable I've, I've heard more people lately just just go you know what i realized um jim carrey was talking about this he's like i don't really have a reason to keep going i Um, I, I, if, if a role came up and someone brought it to me and I thought it was really important that, that, that be out there and that I do it, I would do it, but I'm just, I'm not interested. I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Or people who are just really clear on how much it's all bullshit. And I think eminem just said this he was like someone's like well you want all these grammys he's like yeah and i sold my soul for that shit i would never go back yeah fucking. <laughs> makes me not want a grammy you know it, it makes me like <laughs> which is honestly was i've always had this intuitive sense that i don't want to be famous and then mm-hmm. people will be like yeah but don't you want fame and feed it to me all the time and i'm like and so for a time i was like yes I do I'm just gonna admit it. I do want to be famous, and I'm back to like, please keep me a well kept secret a gem like a you happen to find me. sometimes I go to tweet something and it feels like it could have viral you know capability and I'm like, please don't go viral or i'll de- sometimes I delete shit because I'm like i don't I don't want this heat. Mm. I don't want this heat. like I know what this tweet is gonna do right now, and I don't want it to do that,
0: yeah. Yeah, this is your version of stepping out of Hollywood. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is you retiring on a ranch with your, with your family.
1: Well, I definitely, I, like, literally could have gone to Hollywood with Grace. Yeah. She went, and we both had, we had the same acting manager, and it's it, it's not, thank God my mom got cancer, but thank God my mom got cancer, because <laughs> it slowed me the fuck down, and there was no, there was no way I was going, you know? Um, and I took the coach training program right after she passed. So, and then Grace really left that, that December. So it was after she died. But I think the fact that it happened and it happened, she got sick right after we became YouTube partners when the YouTube partner program was a brand new thing in 2010 and we became partners. And so there was this opportunity for us to make money, uh, like hardly anyone had a million subscribers on YouTube. It wasn't a thing. And now there's like hundreds of millions. So it was so we were right at the bottom of that exponential graph shift. And I feel like I got off the boat right before it was going to take me somewhere. And I remember she had a book launch. uh, Actually the photo came up on my memories yesterday. This is funny. Maybe that's why it's in my head. Um, She had a book launch. I think I was pregnant and I went to it with Justin and, 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 there was some moment where I saw my old agent uh, and he, he literally looked me in the eye, put like, put out his hands to like, Oh, see where we are and said, you could have had all this.
0: That's so annoying.
1: <laughs> Isn't it like what a dipshit. I'm not even going to apologize. Like that, that was so rude. You know, it was, I was just like, uh, I know. And I chose not to. I also, I also, when I, when I, when I, essentially fired him because I decided to stop doing acting and be, be a coach. And I, I shared it all very exuberantly, like, and I'm going to be a coach. And, and I just will never forget the last line of his reply email said, good luck. And I hope I never require your services.
0: (laughs) What a fucking asshole. (laughs) yeah i hope i'm never broken enough to need any kind of guidance
1: (laughs) yeah right well and then apart from the fact that that's like that's like telling an athlete or that's like if an athlete was like i hope i can get an olympic gold medal without ever hiring a coach (laughs) because coaches don't work with people who are sad and and like broken they work with people who want to win a medal you know like i want to get to the next level i i am an extraordinary person who wants to see it to fruition let's go. So like, it's not that broken, sad people don't come our way. Uh, in fact, I was one, you know, when I started. So it's not like that's ruled out, but it's not, uh, it's not the point, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like just thinking of how your mom getting sick ended up being this blessing in disguise in so many ways. Cause yeah, like you, very well could have become famous like if you had gone down that path and and yeah as eminem said so sold your soul for it um but yeah i feel like there's every single like huge positive paradigm shift in my life was caused by tragedy Mm -hmm. Um, like the biggest I think the biggest shift happened when I had this three-month period where uh, my grandma passed away, my mom was like going blind in one eye at the time and needed surgery for it, my cat had to go to the emergency room for these complications, and yeah, it, it was really just mortality like smacking me in the face and being like, yo you have no idea how much time you have here. You better fucking make the most of it and have some perspective and stop bitching about whatever it is you bitch about on a normal basis. And yeah, I feel like that really set me down the path of like, yeah, I guess just being very intentional and, um, about, the way I live and what I do and understanding that I didn't want to be just like a a corporate strategy analyst for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. Like, I guess that was my version of almost selling my soul. Not that that's like a bad, that, that that's like an unethical thing to do or anything. Um,
1: but for you though,
0: yeah, for me, it just wasn't right. Like, I, I definitely was just kind of swimming upstream against, like, the natural flow of my identity because of what I thought I should do. What, like, yeah, it was, like... This job that, like all of the kids coming out of my college uh, and my like consulting like business frat group, um this was this job that, like all these kids would like cream themselves over. and like, <laughs> yeah, it just I got it. And i I guess so many times you need to get exactly what you want to realize, like, oh, oh this yeah, it wasn't actually it
1: almost always. <laughs> Uh, on that, I, I had a year, a few years ago where I tripled my income. Wow. I shot for double and I tripled it. And then this is, there's some book called 10 X is better than two X or something like that. And I agree (laughs) with this now because, and I'll explain (laughs) why, but that killed me. It just killed me. Like I, I ended up grinding so hard and I remember I, I hired a great, um, marketing gal. And we worked together for a while and I paid her a lot of money and it was all worth it. And it was really cool. We created Break Up With Your Bullshit together. And she was just such a, she was such a little fireball and it was so fun to collaborate. And, and I reached my goal with her and then she said, all right, what's next? And I wanted to say nothing. Leave me alone. (laughs) Uh, I want to live now. And instead I created a bunch of goals and like kept going with her. And that was a mistake. Mm -hmm not because of her, just because I was, I was good. I was happy with what I had created and I was scared that I'd lose momentum if I didn't rehire her. And, and then I got a bunch of additional corporate work and a bunch of family stuff started happening at the same time. Mm. My body shut down. uh, For the first time in my life, I had an irregular period and I the the, the jury's out on whether it was a miscarriage. Like the doctors couldn't tell oh. me they couldn't tell. I, I literally was like, did I have a miscarriage? And the doctor went, and you can't see this cause you're not watching on video, but that was a shrug. He <laughs> fucking shrugged at me. <laughs> like I, I remember going like, this is a TV show. This is like a movie right now. This is so utterly ridiculous that I feel like I'm in a fucking movie.
0: <laughs> I'm in scrubs right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So I uh, don't know my, it might've happened. I, I had a hard time processing that talk about complex grief. Um, but it got, it became really clear to me that my life was completely unmanageable and I just needed to stop. And so for all of 2022, I just stopped. I stopped building a business. I, got, I went offline completely. I stopped making any content after since 2006, I was making content From 2006 until the end of 2021, I was straight talking to an audience, making content, being an internet person. And then I just, I took an entire year to just not. Yeah. (laughs) Which was very necessary. (laughs) Yeah. That's huge. It was a good year, but I'll tell you, I missed the interaction with people. Yeah. I went and interacted in real life. I found coffee shops there's all these places around here where everyone knows me and I can just walk it back into the back room or whatever uh which is lovely and I'm like family and I'm glad I've created that and I'll keep doing it and I definitely get a lot of juice out of going somewhere in person and just being around humans but I missed like like meeting people like you or like Rob Hardy and and all the all these people in our Twitter crew uh by the way I'm not calling it X ever just Twitter <laughs> Maybe I'll break down one day, but for now I can't I can't contact yeah. switch. It's Twitter. It's <laughs>
0: I'm with you. That's how I feel about uh Staples Center the Lakers where the Lakers play. And now uh-huh. they rebranded it to crypto.com, the dot Marina or whatever. And I I'm just not gonna do that. It's <laughs>
1: sorry, but that's horrid.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a bad move. Gross.
0: No. <laughs> but yeah, like um, I definitely feel you on like this. Uh, I, I'm very early in this, like connecting on the internet phase. Um, yeah. and I feel like now I'm like, I guess it's cause I worked up like the bravery and the skill to just be open and vulnerable on the internet and like not have this like rejection sensitivity. Um, but it sounds like you like went so hard that you like had to bring it back in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I'm sure it was a very, a very valuable experience. And like, I guess I'm sure now you like, you are very intentional about like not getting to that point where you have to just, yeah, just fuck well,
1: off. Some of yeah. what's hard now. I, I think when I first got back on social media, I would notice that I've gotten sucked in and then take a few days off or take a week off. And mm-hmm. I'll still, I'll probably still do that everyone. So I think it's just good to notice when your soul is being sucked out of your face into a phone screen and you probably should fucking walk away because it doesn't matter if you miss things. I didn't even look at news West for an entire year. Yeah. I consumed nothing. Other than like, you know, watching a few TV shows with my husband or movies and playing some video games, but I wasn't consuming information from anywhere. And, um, and it was so lovely to just not, and to, and I would find out what's going on in the world from my husband and from my clients. Like my client would get on and be like, oh, so, you know, the shooting. And I'd be like, what shooting? (laughs) And then the client tells me, and then I know, you know, like we, I just, you find out from people the old fashioned way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, but really what was big about it was the not creating content part. Mm. Everything was content, 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 opportunities for content.
0: Wow. Yeah. Like, did you feel like you were, you were living with the intention of creating content at that time? Yeah. Wow.
1: It's pretty, it gets pretty baked in when yeah. you do this, uh, and I didn't notice it took about three months for the impetus to take out a camera and record to start to of go, sort of go away. And it took another three months for the part of my brain that goes, Ooh, this would be a good post to quiet down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, definitely... yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I, the only other thing is I think I developed some, alternative things last year like texting friends instead of posting
2: mm, yeah
1: keeping certain stories sacred and only to text message and having that be a little gift to my friend that they can see I just sent this to you nobody else got this if they even check my shit yeah uh, because that's all I was doing that yeah, year. might
0: as well be a nude
1: <laughs> right yeah exactly
0: this my sacred nude thought to you
1: <laughs> well and, and nude thoughts <laughs> this is my sacred nude thought to you (laughs) please text me that every day just like here's my sacred nude thought to you and then you don't get to tweet it and we don't screenshot it and it doesn't go anywhere (laughs) just between us (laughs) (laughs) that's so good but yeah i recommend breaks for the diversification
0: yeah definitely I feel like I'm I find myself doing this too like I feel like even even before I was sharing a lot on Twitter but especially now it's like I find that I'm in a moment and I'm not even living in the moment I'm living in the story that I'm gonna tell later
1: yes that
0: yeah it's like I'm like I'm like trying to hold on to the details and like piece it all together. Um, And then I, and I realize like, Oh, I'm not even like here right now. I'm like in this like idea that I want to communicate with people to people or like this identity that I want them to associate with me through this story or this like creation or opportunity or whatever. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a weird place to be.
1: It is. And it's both a skill and can be a hindrance to presence, but it's kind of part of being a creator. You're being an artist. You're always sort of thinking about your art, you know, and if your art is writing and posting, then you are going to think about it all the time. I, I don't I think I had demonized it at first, like, oh, that was such a bad way to be. But it's actually a fucking skill that I have had clients who can't do it. And I'm like, come on, just make some content. What's wrong with you? In my head, not to them, you know, but like, because my default is I just know how to do that. So that just seems like, when well, my daughter can't draw a star. I'm like, well, it's so easy. Come on. <laughs> uh, that impatience. But as you were saying that, it made me remember a time I went on a field trip or I went on a trip to New York City. I was with my mom walking down the street. I very viscerally remember just holding her hand, walking down the street and thinking, I can't wait till the next time we get to come here.
2: Mm. Yeah, And then
1: even and that little body, however old I was, I went, why am I thinking about the next time when I'm here right now?
2: Yeah.
1: Huh. <laughs> that's weird. And I, I noticed I always would do it. I would be at the theme park thinking, oh, I can't wait till the next time we get to come ride roller coasters. But I'm on the roller coaster right now. I enjoy <laughs> right now. What's going on? And I, I feel like that's maybe just a way we're wired
0: yeah it's so weird it's like oh i want more i want more of this like mm-hmm. pressing this dopamine button um but yeah i guess it's funny because um on living in the story i guess maybe that was like an a- adaptation i like uh had figured out because i actually in high school i was known for being a terrible storyteller <laughs> Like, oh, really it was yeah it was fucking bad like my whole my whole volleyball team would like I'd tell a story and like even the coach who was like hilarious uh he was just one of those like funny um like hard hardo coaches um he would just clown me and just be like that was a great great story God damn. I'm getting ethered out here. I have to learn how to actually tell a good story. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess it worked because now people are like, oh, you're such a natural storyteller. Well, like, you gotta
1: suck at it at first, right?
0: Yeah, gotta be pretty okay first. And
1: then <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Pretty Okay Pat for that uh concept. I'll put his link in the show notes. He's got such cute art. Also a great person. Also he was a vendor at my, at my in-person art show slash live performance slash open mic conscious creatives. And he, um, he was hanging out and, and hardly anyone came. I didn't market very well. And I don't know, just nobody really came, but not nobody, there were people, but it just wasn't like the full house that it's been in the past. And yet he sold so much art (laughs) i think i said to him i was like you can come back at a future one he's like michelle i'm doing great over here i was like oh right because we had strangers off the street just wander in and then want his stuff because it was so cute but um he said to me he's like i used to do stand-up and then one of my featured performers was my friend uh john moses who's a stand-up here in jersey and he did a set and then pat was like okay i'll do five minutes he got inspired dude he was so good wow I was like crying, laughing. He was so good. He had a bunch of stuff about depression and it was very funny. You know why? That's why he was good because it was so real. It was not in any way manicured. And he was just trying, he was like, well, here's some stuff I got. And he was like, so one time I wanted to kill myself. And, and then we're like, (laughs) we're just like in the story with him and he's holding it with such reverence, but, but lightness at the same time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I feel like that is a thing both you and I really appreciate is like Mm -hmm. that, that reverence and that lightness. It's like, yeah, there is this big scary thing that deserves a lot of grief, but also like, it's kind of fucking funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so much humor in grief. This is why I'm so excited. My friend Grace is making videos about her cancer because they're so funny. I don't know if you've seen any, but like she she did her first video um, announcing it. So that was that. And then her next video after that, she was like, okay, so I dropped a huge stinky turd on you guys last time. So uh, I figured I'll do an update. And in in the interim, she had been getting a lot of advice from a lot of people. But I have a friend who I, I have a shared tattoo with here, this avocado. <laughs> That originated on Twitter, also. I'll tell you that at some point. But uh, she's had brain cancer many times now and survived. And so she had a pretty good list of tips. And she texted me and she's like, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't want to like message Grace. I'm sure she's getting like a bajillion messages. But if you want, I'll write up my thoughts on how to prep for chemo. And if you want to send it on to her, cool. And I was like, Please do that because I think. She's probably getting flooded with a lot of strangers and doesn't know who to listen to. And it would be good if she knew, if it was like a trusted person. And so Hannah is her name. Shout out to Hannah. Uh, She wrote out a really lovely like iPhone note of just all her thoughts and then sent it. And I shared it to Grace and she was like, okay, awesome. She went point by point and did everything Hannah said. Yeah. And then she made a video and she was like, okay, so I got some advice. (laughs) So I'm going to do, she used to do, haul videos you know where you go you go shopping and then you show your haul from shopping yeah. she did them as a joke though she she was making fun of people who do haul videos so she did a voice and like a character
2: <laughs> um
1: which she just kind of did it like as her in this one and at the beginning when she announced that she's like so i had to buy some stuff for chemo and i thought i'd do a little little throwback and do a little haul video for you guys and then she just goes it's not dark it's fun it's not dark it's fun it's not dark it's fun <laughs>
0: Oh my god. And I want
1: to make t-shirts that say it's not dark it's fun.
0: <laughs> Everything that's happening is so okay right now. We're so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is so horrible that you have to find funny. Yeah. You have to. <clears throat> or you'll just like curl up, you know, and and you just won't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't remember where i read this or heard this but it's like laughter is like it's kind of adjacent to like a fear response of Mm. like you're like almost like shuddering your fear out of your body um and yeah, like it feels adjacent to crying too. It's that same yes. like kind of heaving motion in your your belly and your chest. Yeah.
1: You just made me think of that moment in Pretty Woman when she goes to reach in for the necklace and then he snaps the thing shut and she goes, "Oh!" What? And it's like, uh, I I think there's some sto- backstory where Julia Roberts didn't know that that was going to happen or it was an improvisation or, or they purposefully didn't tell her it was going to happen so that she would have a real reaction to it. And her laugh is epic. And that clip gets shown all the time. And it's like, yeah, that that's like, a, like, Oh, 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 oh. Just, <laughs> you know. So I think yeah, I, that's so interesting. It totally is adjacent to all those other emotions.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, I guess what's funny is it's like, it plays upon your expectations, right? It's like, um, it's like, there's like this idea of like, what is expected to come next. And then Mm. something funny, like subverts that. And it's like this thing of like, whoa, like I'm a little off balance, like, but I guess like not, you don't feel unsafe, like you feel fully able to like express and let out Uh, what you're feeling and yeah on that note it reminds me because I of the your roller coaster thing because I um when I was a kid I like for whatever reason like didn't want to scream on a roller coaster like I wanted to be like cool and like reserved (laughs) and then like (laughs) uh, I would come off and be like I feel so fucked up right now there's like so many knots in my stomach and Uh... like Uh, like I, I don't get why people enjoy this. And then I finally just like let it out one time, uh, just like screaming and like laughing. And I was like, Oh, like, this is great. Like, I feel like I'm putting myself in this crazy situation and then just letting it all out, like letting out all the tension. Yeah. I wonder if that's the thing, uh, with like roller coasters and like horror movies of like kind of Mm -hmm. pretending you're in this unsafe situation but you're strapped in or you're just behind a screen nothing's gonna actually hurt you
1: wow I never thought of the horror movie connection and now I'm wondering about my aversion to them yeah well because i i have a very vivid imagination so i make up stuff that's happening in the space around me afterwards and then i can't sleep for weeks yeah so and i appreciate good film and i was a film student and like it kills me sometimes that i don't want to watch things because i just get so taken out for such a long time and i can't sleep and i need to sleep Wes. i need to sleep yeah But yeah, and the last, that trip I took to Six Flags with Rob Hardy, um, I, the first roller coaster we went on, was one that I went on as a kid and it was the first one I had ever let go on. I was like, okay, this is the one we're going on. It's the first time I opened my eyes. It's the first time I let go. Uh, And it's, it's been restored over the years, but I'm sure it's a little more bumpy than it once was, or I'm just old. I'm not sure because it made me super dizzy and I don't recall that when I was younger, I don't recall feeling dizzy. So, and me and Rob were both dizzy and we had to like put our hand on the wall and like stand there and breathe for a while while all these other kids were just hopping off. And we're like, the 30 things are having an issue. Uh, but, but when we were on it, this is why I brought it up. I was laughing primarily. Yeah. Like, like maniacally, like <laughs> just giggles and, and screaming, scream, laughing the whole time. And it's, it is like being tickled
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) being flung about
0: (laughs) yeah just tossed around but in this like fun way um yeah yeah, and I guess that's what like I've always kind of thought of banter as like kind of like sparring a little bit like just kind of yeah, it's like I'm gonna knock you off balance a bit, but like we're totally safe. We're good. There's like lines we're not gonna cross, or if we do, it's gonna be in like a funny like way where we know it's loving. Um, and or
1: you could walk it back, like, "Hey, sorry, did that cross a line?" You know?
0: Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and I I think I remember Jordan Peele, like somebody talking to him about like, so you used to do comedy. Um, and you've made this like pivot into horror. Like what, can you tell us more about that? And he was like, Oh, it's basically the same thing. It's not a pivot. Yeah. You're just building up tension and then releasing it in a calculated way. And then that's exactly what both of those things are.
1: So is music, isn't it? Like, that's what I learned in pop music production is that the song has to build tension. Like, You got to start in a way. Yeah. The one class I took online, it was like, the first thing you should do is do the thickest part of the song with the most layers in it and figure out what all the layers are going to be. And then you build out the other parts and you decide, okay, when do we bring the bass in? When does this maraca start? Because we don't want to give everything away in the first part. We want it to build. And there's even, if you learn music production, you find out that there's all of these sounds that are happening in in the layers, right? And like risers which are just like
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know or a and it drops and i didn't know how much that was happening until i learned music production and then i could hear it in every song i listened to i'm like holy shit even sometimes <laughs> it's a voice it's like ah yeah and and then it goes away and it creates a physical reaction in the listener that makes them want to keep listening
0: yeah it's like building fun. up that energy yeah 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 i it's fine i feel like it's most noticeable in edm where it's like I'm sure yeah they literally call it like a, a build and a drop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, wait for the drop yeah like all of those things um i, I guess every song like follows that that idea and like i saw this this tweet uh a while back that was like wait is everything just opening and closing loops like a joke is like the setup you're opening it the punchline you're closing it um and yeah storytelling like engineering all of it is yeah just opening closing loops
1: <laughs> and commanding the ability to do that yeah yeah i just my husband um Norm MacDonald was one of his favorite people ever. And he showed me a classic joke of his and I couldn't possibly recreate it, nor would I want to. It's about six minutes long, but that's the point is that it's a six minute long setup for a not crazy, perfect, amazing payoff, but it's more, he is manhandling you by capturing your attention and forcing you to listen to the seemingly mundane story that he's telling and doing all these little offshoots and being totally committed to the whole thing. And then at the end, it's like a dad joke and you laugh because the setup was so long and because the punchline was so mundane and because he just fucked you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're like, fuck you, Norm. You just fucked me. <laughs> I liked it. I'm going to send this to my friend. I'm going to fuck my friend now.
2: You know, like
1: that's. That's, that's, that's yeah. what comedy is. It's like you don't you don't even want to warn people after you're like, you go have the same experience I just did. Here you go.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, he knows exactly what you're feeling of like, where where is he going with this? Um I remember. Dave Chappelle did a, a different thing where he was like, <clears throat> he's like, I'm so good at this shit. I'm so good. I'm going to drop this exact punchline at the perfect time. You won't even see it coming. And then when he finally does it, you're like, God damn. Like he. It he
1: happens.
0: Was, yeah.
1: It's sort of like if a guy was like, um, I'm going to be the best you've ever had. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then- somehow creates a whole this has never happened to me i want to be really clear but i can imagine because i write erotica and i you know i write romantic (laughs) guys who are like really fucking suave i could imagine creating an experience for someone where they don't see it coming and they don't see why that would be the case by the end of it but i and i was thinking about this when we were when we were kind of lining up okay so being scared being sad, being happy, joyful, excited, surprised. These are all the same thing. I would, I would add charmed or Mm. swoon. Like my experience in, in banter with someone, if they're very charming is that they could literally make me feel dizzy.
0: Yeah. It's disorienting.
1: Very like the text comes in and it's like, Whoa. Oh, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) What is happening to me right now?
0: There's, there's this, uh, interview with, uh, Jhene Aiko, um, who I, to me is like the most gorgeous woman to ever grace this the earth. I'm going to like,
1: Google her. Can you uh, tell me how to spell it?
0: Yeah. J H E N E, uh, A I K O. Um, oh, yes. it's like, yeah, she's yeah, amazing singer. I love her music. Um, and there's this red carpet interview where like, <laughs> the interview she's just there like looking fucking gorgeous and like smiling um and he the interviewer is just he's just completely stumbling so he's like so uh, uh um <laughs> like you should <laughs> see his brain fucking breaking just being yeah. in her presence and yeah i feel like if there's certain people I like I haven't come across often, but there's certain people where I'm like, I just don't feel like on balance in your presence. It's like. Dude,
1: wait, fun. wait. I have the perfect example of this because it happened today.
0: Wow. And yeah. I
1: told my husband about it. So this is like totally cool. But there was just like the most attractive man I've ever seen in my life in person. And I, I, I was, so I'm at the park. I go to the park every morning and I saw him for the first time, like four days ago. And he and he jogged by me and he's got his shirt off and he's got some tattoos and um, and he just has like a perfect physique, like washboard abs, broad chest, like not too much muscle, not too like bodybuildery, but like but not scrawny by any means. So like perfectly chiseled, literally everything glistening in sweat running through the park <laughs> at sunrise. I yeah. mean, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> Most of the people at the park are old ladies and old men on bikes or walking. And I'm like the one of the whippersnappers who come to the park at 6 AM uh, whippersnapper by comparison to like, you know, 80 year olds. Uh, and this dude ran by me and I couldn't even make eye contact Wes. I, I just, I was like, he doesn't exist right now. So it's fine. It's fine. I, uh, I, this is this is when you really know that, like I've I was such a nerd, and I was not like a popular girl. And sometimes people don't believe me. They're like, "You're like a hot girl." I'm like, I was not a hot girl. I I really I just masquerade as one. I promise. And this is how you know is when I see like the popular guy. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. And today it was even worse because. I saw him in that same location, did not make eye contact, which was really awkward because he was kind of close to me and he was like stretching. And I'm like, I'm just coming over here to get a poop bag for my dog. I'm not going to look it. And then I ran into the forest with my dog and we got out on the other side. I had planned this really well so that I would, whatever, it doesn't matter, take this very particular path. And I'm walking to my car and I see him in the distance coming in my direction. I'm like, did this motherfucker park right next to me? Is that <laughs> There's like five people here. Yeah. Is this what's happening right now? And indeed, he he's not he's in it's even worse. He's uh nose to nose with me. His car's right in front of mine. Oh and I'm God. getting my I'm getting my dog in and he's like, you know, huffing and puffing and toweling himself again. <laughs> just like How quickly can I get in my car without looking at this man? I can't do it. I like pulled out and blast Taylor Swift. I'm like, bye. I'm going to see you every day. And I was so rude. I didn't even say good morning. I'm like, sorry, you are the sun and I can't look directly at you.
0: Yeah, it's like that feeling of like, how the fuck do you exist? Like, this doesn't feel fair. Yes. (laughs) I feel like the worst thing is like, uh, when you work together and like, I had this, um, she was like a sales director or something. And she was like, so pretty had like an Australian accent and was like, but also just like very, uh, very on it, like very sharp. And like, there were moments where I was just like fuck I'm sorry i like in my head I was like I just don't even know exactly what you said just now (laughs) like I'm not very able to focus right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so adorable I love it yeah and the intellect combined with physical you know good looks woof
0: very disorienting (laughs)
1: extremely so yes 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 Oh, man, I didn't think we'd get on this topic in any way or I would talk about that guy at the park. Like, I was driving away like, Michelle, really? You can't, like, say good morning to a person? I was like, no, I might have smiled weird or something. Would have Something <laughs> yeah. weird might have happened, and I couldn't. Because then I'm going to see him every day.
0: It's funny. I feel like I... i I tweeted something about this last month or something it was like this idea that like i feel like weirdly enough most of us like when we're watching like mean girls or something like a movie like that like we're like oh yeah like i identify with the misfits like i totally relate to like not fitting in and there's like this weird story of like Oh, like I don't fit in. I'm so different. Um, Everybody else does. But then, like, everybody else is also like, oh, I so relate to that feeling of not fitting in. Yeah. It's fucking, it's such a strange, like, isolating thing that actually connects us all. (laughs) Um, It does. Yeah. Like, I grew up chubby and nerdy and, and weird and not being able to tell good stories. And I feel like that is like, weirdly enough, like, I feel like is a, probably a very important thing to my character today. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was like this thing of growing up, like where being kind is a survival tactic. Like you don't got anything else going for you. So (laughs) you better at least be nice to people and care about them. Um and yeah, I feel like that's there's certain people where you can tell it's like, oh, you've never had to be nice to anyone. Like you just mm-hmm. get what you want anyway. And yep. yeah, you can just be an asshole, and that works for you. And well, fuck you, and congrats, I guess.
1: <laughs> ah, well, on that topic, I often tell people or well, I'll have conversations with people about this because I've um I don't know. I don't have a list, but I've hooked up with a lot of guys in my life and a few women. um, (laughs) So I was drunk. So I don't know. know. (laughs) I've repressed my bisexuality for most of my life, so it only came out when inhibitions were totally lowered or it was socially acceptable or something. Um, But out of if I if I wrote it out and was like, okay, here's every guy I've ever hooked up with. There's a do you know how, um, on How I Met Your Mother, he has a hot, crazy scale? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, have, I need I to have make something. Yeah. <laughs> I need to make something like that. But it basically it would show that the hotter you are, the worse in bed.
0: Really?
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. The, the more selfish, the least sensitive, the least able mm. to find the clit. I mean, like, do anything interesting, be a good kisser. Some of the hottest guys I've ever hooked up with were the worst kissers. and the biggest nerds and the like the least um conventionally attractive people, uh my my husband, I'll put him at the top of the list there because he was not not who I was looking for in any way. <laughs> um, and he knows like we talk about this. It's just like, oh, yeah, like most people would see us together and go, really? But it's like, well, Yes, actually. He's living
0: um, the sitcom dream.
1: He is. He
0: is.
1: (laughs) Like, he read my erotica once and was like, I feel like this one relationship that's not going well is describing us. And I was like, so are all the hot sex scenes and all of the good stuff. It's all us. Yeah. All of it. And then he was okay with that. Once I told him that, I was like, I base all my sex scenes on, like, you're the first guy that I had really great sex with in my entire life. I had, like, good sex, but I never had, like, amazing an amazing experience and um yeah so yeah he he calmed down a little after I told him that uh, yes indeed the shitty relationship is definitely our worst times and then everything else is our best times
0: I have only had four sexual partners but the craziest one best in bet, there's really I well, that's there's
1: crazy, and then there's attractive. So, I'm talking about like the most attractive guys.
0: Yeah, conventionally. Like, so for her, I, I I think it's different for women.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Go.
0: Like for her, she was high on high, hot, high crazy, um, and but I feel like there's like this thing about crazy women where maybe they tie up a lot of their self-worth in like how well they can like Oh my lead. god you're right. and yeah and like they're like this is everything and like there's like this like chaotic passion to it um and yeah and i feel like even just in general like in the relationship it's like this like fucking crazy roller coaster of like ups and downs of like oh, I want to kill myself. And then, oh my God, this is everything I ever needed.
1: Uh, Yeah. Like. It's erotic.
0: It's, yeah, it's fucking crazy. (laughs) I can no longer do that. That was my first relationship. And now I'm like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm good off of that.
1: (laughs) I need some stable, maybe like, you know, someone who does therapy, just (laughs) like. (laughs) How's your relationship with your therapist? That's a first date question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah no for me it, I think it's like if you're a super conventionally attractive guy and you have been since a young age there's a lot there's a lot that just gets handed to you and that you don't have to work for and so you become lazy and selfish
0: yeah yeah it's <clears throat> and yeah I guess I, I, I'm getting this image in my head of like a like a a sales frat bro um the like frat bro to sales rep pipeline where it's Uh like
1: i got it with you like
0: a tall hot white dude um who's like just like always gotten by on charm and that's his thing and yeah but i I guess i don't know how well that falls into the paradigm of like not needing to be good at other things but i guess he's gotten by on charm physical or otherwise his whole life (laughs)
1: It seems so in my personal experience. I can only (laughs) think of one super hot, like model-esque guy that I hooked up with. And he actually stopped us in the middle of it because he could tell, I don't know, that I was just in it for validation. Or like I was in some Ah. way felt beholden to like suck his dick or something. And he, he just like stopped me. Wow. I was like, let's just hang out. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we will go out in the history books. I was just like, okay, that it was, he wanted to be like more connected. I was just trying to fuck. So, like, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we ever went back around. I think we like ended it because yeah. we were like I was like oh you're like sensitive and interesting I did not expect that was not looking for that right now this was just supposed to be a quick thing yeah <laughs> what I wanted to do for myself for my little nerd girl is like be with the model boy
0: didn't like, really never... feelings involved here
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I wasn't prepared for the feelings thing so <laughs> I think this I... is the most I've ever talked about my sex life by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you have a niche, Wes. Maybe you have a niche.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, the breakup with your sexual uh, sexual shame podcast. Or... <laughs>
1: Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Like tomorrow at the coach training program, they're going to be like, so what? Who do you want to coach? Who do you want to make a difference for? <laughs> well, I talked to Michelle Aiken yesterday and we had a big difference in uh, discussing this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have actually, okay, so like, I post-breakup of like four years uh, that I went through a year and a half ago, um, I then went on to have like the weirdest three encounters with women while I was single. Um, One of them was like this girl who I now call the vampire girl um, or no, sorry. She is the werewolf girl where we were at some club. Um, she, and I was just like, uh, with my friends, like I, it was like this thing of, I had been in this like girl crazy mode or whatever. And then, uh, me and my friends decided to just like get a table and hang out at this club. Um, and once I resigned into like, you know what? I'm good. I'm just gonna hang out with my friends. I'm not gonna chase girls. Whatever. Um, this girl like comes up to me, super super flirty, like comes on super strong. We end up making out, and but throughout the whole time, she's fucking like clutching the shit out of my arm with her nails, and like it was like fine in the moment, and then at a certain point, I was like, God
2: damn, this is her.
0: It was like it left. I actually still have a scar from it. Shut I don't up. know. It's fucking it was oh ins-
1: my god.
0: Yeah. And like she it was like this weird thing of like, I don't know, I feel like she had this weird like power dynamic fantasy thing. Um and then yeah, so that was the werewolf girl. She like clawed the shit out of my arm. Um, the next girl was the vampire girl who was fucking like she was like clearly like super insecure, like her friends around her at the time, like were just not the most supportive, um, clearly like was using me to get some kind of like validation from her or some kind of validation for her self-worth. And I actually like, yeah, she was biting the shit my neck and my lips. I was wow. like, God damn, why is everyone I'm meeting fucking assaulting me? <laughs> Like, I'm like at a certain the first time I'm like that was weird the second time I'm like it's me this is this is fucking I'm putting something out there.
1: I'm the common denominator here.
0: Yeah <laughs> I actually stopped her in the middle too to be like I think I literally said something like hey like you don't need to tie your self-worth to the validation I'm giving you like you're already enough." non <laughs> And she was just like mm, okay
1: <laughs> oh yeah not really mm-hmm. i really want to tie myself worth to uh what you're saying don't yeah. mess up my game
0: <laughs> yeah and then the third girl was more energy vampire just extremely chaotic um mm-hmm. on me kissing me and then kissing my friend in front of me and i was like what the fuck is this tornado i've gotten yeah. myself And yeah, like after those three experiences, I was like, I'm good. I don't need to be validated for my attractiveness anymore. I don't need to be assaulted by some random girl with daddy issues, I presume. Um, And yeah, like need to take my responsibility for whatever I was putting out into the world to attract that type of manic energy. Nice.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The key there is without blaming yourself, but just looking at it curiously, like, what did I, how did, yeah. I, how did I, how did I, how did I get here? Yeah. I, was, I feel like when people say take responsibility, they tend to think of it through the lens of it's my fault. And it's like, nah, 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 nah. Just, it's, this is a, this is an inquisitive opportunity to look at if I was creating my reality and I created this one, what did I do that for?
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's
1: serving, you know?
0: Uh, because it's not it's like one frame is like you're trying you're looking for someone to blame uh and the other of taking accountability is actually very empowering because it's like i oh like i did this or at least i like very much contributed to it or did something that allowed it to happen um how can i examine that and like learn from that versus like this victim mentality of like, Oh, these things are happening to me and yes. it's just so bad and I'm being buffeted around by my circumstances.
1: Right. Yeah. That's a, it's a tenet of coaching. You'll learn, uh, you'll learn what you already know there. I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that you're like, Oh yeah, I've been dancing around that concept or I've written about that before or whatever. Cause you're in the conversation already, which is why, uh, it's a cool time. I, in my opinion, it's a cool time for you to jump into coach training. Um, I feel like I should ask you something about that real before we finish, like since we're going to do this again a year from now and you start tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) you go later today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wild. Um, So yeah. So uh, I guess what, are your expectations of yourself over the next year
0: yeah like I explained it to the coaches I talked to like tangibly um it was something like be coaching like five clients in addition to my full-time job if I can um in general like just invite more abundance into my life whether that's uh, opportunities, people, uh, money, um, have, I just put out this, this piece yesterday about having the audacity to shine and the audacity to believe that what I want is valid, um, and that I deserve it because it's coming from a good place. Um, so yeah, I guess just inviting more abundance into my life, being more in tune with what I want, feeling more, more powerful to uh to achieve whatever that is I feel like I don't yeah I naturally don't love putting like tangible goals on things um but yeah I guess just this general theme of more more love more bravery more abundance
1: beautiful I love that do you want to be in a relationship
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, I definitely do. I don't really have, like, a timeline on that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, three months out of my last relationship, uh, and I feel, like, totally healed from that. I feel good. Um, But I'm not necessarily, like, looking to jump into one um, at this moment. But... Yeah, if romantic love makes its way into my life, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely I would definitely love to attract that. Um I actually totally did write about that in that piece yesterday actually. Oh nice. I uh there's this paragraph where I said something about like yeah, like I want to meet the future mother of my children. I want her to be someone who I can laugh with, who will just help me, yeah, make me better um, who I feel totally safe to express my truest self with, um, who will love me exactly for exactly who I am and nurture me into who I was always meant to be. Um, and yeah, I do feel it's very important to be able to say what kind of partner you want for the qualities you're looking for. Um, cause I feel like people kind of, Approach dating as like, oh, let me just see what's out there and like right. sam-
1: See what I can get.
0: Yeah, it's like they're treating it like it's- fucking samples or something. When it's like Costco samples, like they haven't made a fucking grocery list.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and people go to the store like that. I mean, I have, I mean, and and it's not a good experience.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: if I go you know. anywhere with no intention, it's not a good experience. <laughs>
0: yeah. You go in hungry, you like eat a bunch of samples, you end up with just like a bunch of fucking corn dots or something and nothing of actual sustenance.
1: And then you get home and go, ah shit, I needed eggs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, realize. I do not want to do that with a person where I'm like, oh fuck, I needed emotional intelligence.
2: <laughs> right, Which-
1: exactly. <laughs> well because coaching is all about empowered choice and and that's that's mainly it it's like figuring getting new awarenesses because you don't know what you don't know and most of it is stuff we don't know we don't know so like if you can discover new things about yourself and how you work and be curious about yourself instead of wanting to know then you know stuff and then you can make informed decisions and choices instead of let me just see what flows my way. And then I'll deal with it, which, Hey, kids who grew up with trauma, like we learned how to deal with it and it's not the optimal way to go through life. I am so good at dealing with it, Wes. I'm so good. And it's been like such a weird trying to wrench myself out of dealing with it and into life by design, creating what I want choosing what I have and creating what I want at the same time. It you don't get to just clean your slate and now, okay, now from now on, I'm gonna make all empowered choices. It's kind of like you got to live with and deal with the shit you made that wasn't empowered that you're better or worse stuck in in a lot of ways. Um and I'm talking about stuff that we can't undo like uh not working out for this many years. Or you know, do you know what I mean? Like like that kind of stuff. You got to figure out how to be with it and then also create that life. And I think that's where I struggle a lot is just going, I want to just cancel and start over, but I can't because life. So I guess I got to figure out how to be in both worlds at the same time and be moving forward without having my head turned backward, regretting the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I used to be very, very concerned with the past. Um, And now I guess I kind of oscillate being between the future and the present. But, yeah, I guess it's this frame of, like, being proactive about creating your ideal reality versus reacting to whatever circumstances. I I guess it's this thing of, like, creative agency.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm super psyched for you. Uh, The way that you ended up coming into accomplishment coaching is exactly how I want everyone that I ever meet to it's just it's an organic like oh you're interested okay here go check it out and I wasn't even the one who talked to you about doing it you know uh just oh my friend registered neat you know (laughs) like that's that's what I want all the time I never want to be in this like I'm get I'm trying to get people to do it because it doesn't work when you're coerced yeah it doesn't work that's the thing about coaching you have to choose it and you have yeah. to be really hungry to go do a very difficult year long transformational process because it hurts like Caterpillar to a butterfly. It hurts. <clears throat> I'm
0: super interested to to meet my cohort because uh, I feel like anybody that's willing to go on this kind of journey is likely at a very interesting place in their lives.
1: <laughs> Good word for it. In my, exp- I've led 16 cohorts at this point. And just some of the most interesting people yeah. ever. Interesting in all walks of life. And, but they all share things at, that you have in spades, which is like this hunger and curiosity about people, desire to be of service. That's huge. Yeah. Um, and a kind of fed upness with the way it's been. Mm. Just like a, yeah, I just don't, I, this, I don't want it to keep going the same way, so I need to do something, and let's fucking do it. Yeah. Which is where I was. I mean, my mom had just died. It's a pretty extreme example of being sick of the way things have been going. I, <laughs> I was like, it. I, I could cut all my hair off. I could become a coach. What am I going to do? I cut my hair off later. But
0: <laughs> Both, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, just a hand, It's just like 10, 11 years later. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm psyched for uh, all that you're going through all that you're going to gain from it, but also all of the service you'll be in the world. And I'd even go so far as to say, I think you'll have thousands of Twitter subscribers, not hundreds <laughs> just by virtue of like being exactly who you are and doing what you're currently doing and just keeping doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know how many substack subs you got, but you've you're a really great writer. I will link you in the show notes. Um, I just super appreciate your perspective and it's so much fun to talk to you. We didn't even get to talk about the music stuff and I have to wrap up now, but uh, y'all should also know that this dude dances and sings and helped me write a song within like a week of being friends. So <laughs> pretty cool. You're a pretty cool person, Wes, and I really appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. You're an amazing person. Yeah. I really appreciate you too.
1: <laughs> thanks for coming too. And this was your first podcast.
0: It was. Yeah. This was so fun. (laughs) Well, do
1: more because you're great at it and uh, it'll be a good way for people to get to know who you are and then hire you. So you can get those, those clients and more than even more than the clients you said you want, just the practice of working with people. Cause Mm. just from where you are right now, I would, I'd refer you anybody in my life to be very clear. And I think you do a great job and, and, brand new coaches going through this level of training absolutely can make a huge difference for people because you're just getting on the phone, being super present with them and asking questions, which is all we did in this conversation, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. Thank you for feeling, I guess, making me feel so safe and expansive to yeah share whatever we <laughs> a bunch of different directions here.
1: I'm going to put it into AI and it's going to tell us like the bullet points, the talking points
0: yeah.
1: afterwards. I always upload the transcript now. It's a, it's a fun new thing. So I'll, I'll share it with you. We can ask the chat bot questions about the podcast and what it thinks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great experience. Amazing. It'll set a high bar. I feel like this will be uh this will be tough to beat.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm so excited. It's going to come around next year. and be like, Oh, it's time to do the re- the the recap after your graduation. I can't wait. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird but very fun.
1: <laughs> agree, agree. All right, Wes. Thank you again.
0: Yeah, thanks so much.
1: Talk to you soon.